Trades Work, the Rocky Mountain Mechanical Contractors Association podcast starts right now. Here's your host, Dave DeVito. Welcome back to Trades Work, where we highlight the issues important to the skilled trades our society depends on and always seeks to put Colorado first. Joining us today is a good friend and a steward of our industry, Robert Beck, CEO of John W. Danforth Company and the current president of the Mechanical Contractors Association of America, or MCAA for short. As our listeners may not know, Rocky Mountain Mechanical Contractors Association is an affiliate of this organization. For those of you unaware, John W. Danforth, they're one of the largest mechanical contractors in the northeastern part of the U.S., specializing in mechanical contracting, fabrication, service, energy upgrades, clean room, and laboratory design. For purposes of today's discussion, Robert's work will focus on MCAA and all his travels in his year as being our president. Welcome, Robert, to Tradeswork. Thanks, Dave. Pleasure to be here. I've gotten to know you over the years. You are one of the greatest advocates for our industry, and thank you for taking this uh, role on as MCAA board president. I know it uh, tends to take you away from your family and your business, uh, and obviously you've got a great team there because it looks like the lights are still on and things are still functioning. So, um, Robert, why don't you talk to us a little bit about your professional journey and what led you to serving as president of the MCAA? Thanks again for having me this morning and the work that uh, you do, Dave. I've known you for a long time. You're a good friend. And, you know, our association is much better because of the efforts of you and your team out there in Rocky Mountain. So uh, thanks to that. My journey started out very simply. And somebody asked me, do you want to work in the industry with the greatest people in the world? And how do you turn that down, right? So uh, that was a gentleman that was a regional manager of Lockenbar Corporation who manufactures water heaters and boilers. And I started my career in the mechanical industry with a manufacturer. And I was a business development manager for a few years. I covered all of uh, West Virginia, half of Pennsylvania. I was based out of Pittsburgh and really got to know the contracting community. And uh, I, I got hooked into really creating facilities and, and building communities and and really got involved with the people aspect of the contracting world. And uh, in 1993, made the switch over to John W. Danforth Company, so that's 30 years ago. Started out in a trailer on a job site and uh, worked my way up from there through project management and uh, operations, was named president in 2015. And CEO and president in 2018. So um, it's been a great journey on my on my personal side. I got involved in the MCAA very early on at the Institute for Project Management. And I got to tell you, I was sitting in the classroom with, you know, 35 to 40 fellow project managers. It was just an amazing group of people. Throughout my whole career, that little voice in my head, do you want to work in an industry with the greatest people in the world just keeps ringing true. And I got hooked and the instructors there were contractors. You know, they weren't outside professional speakers. They were contractors that were leaders in our industry at the time that were mentoring us basically. So I got hooked by the whole thing. And uh, after I got into the Advanced Institute for Project Management, which was my next 
level, I'll call it, of career development. Um, I mm-hmm. went to the back of the room, and, and, and surprise, surprise, there was two guys. One was John Kuntz, who was, who was leading the uh, instruction for the class. And the other, who was a contractor at the time, was a fellow named Tim Brink. Mm. So it's ironic right now that I'm serving and humbled and honored to serve as president of the Mechanical Contractors Association. And John Kuntz is now the National Education Director for the MCAA. And Tim Brink is the CEO of the MCA. So uh, it's a small world. And, and that started 20 years ago. And I've been involved in various committees. I've been involved in various events. Really, uh, some of the people that we attend with this, and Dave, you'll, you'll be able to attest to that. They start out as peers and colleagues, but before you know it, they leave as long lifetime friends. And that's the beauty of the MCAA. That's the beauty of our industry. So um, I've never looked back. I love every day. Um, never dread going to work. We wear so many different hats. You know, one hat could be uh, an attorney's hat. Another hat could be an accountant's hat. Another hat could be a litigator's hat. Another hat could be a a coach. Another hat could be a babysitter or a psychologist at times. It's yeah. just such a dynamic uh, industry. I love it. And uh, I love the fact that I get to uh, act as the president of the organization and wave wave the flag of the MCAA throughout the country for our industry. So sorry about the long-winded answer, but uh, it's, it's, I could talk about it for a long time. I get, I get, I get excited about it. Yeah. And what listeners are hearing is the passion I alluded to earlier uh, and just what a good uh, advocate you are for our industry. You know, today we're going to spend a lot of time talking about MCAA and the chapters, but let's just take a little uh, second and talk about John W. Danforth. Uh, large mechanical contractor, you've obviously been there for 30 years. I know it's probably a little unfair to ask you this question, but like, what's the coolest project our listeners can hear about that you guys have built in one of the many states that you guys operate? Actually, we were founded in 1884. So, wow. Uh, that's nearly 140 years ago. Something, an interesting fact, and then I'll get to answer your question, is I was looking through the archives at the MCA office. And I ran across a very surprising fact that in 1921, our founder's son, Loring Danforth, was president of the MCAA. Oh, wow. I'm actually the second president of the MCA from Danforth 102 years later. Um, Mm -hmm. So nobody here alive knew it or remembered it. We didn't have any archives of it. So uh, I just stumbled upon that. But it was pretty amazing to do that. Um, So getting on to your question. I'll give you my sentimental answer, and then I'll give you the, the 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 cool part, right? So the sentimental answer is the bread and butter jobs that we do as contractors, and especially Danforth, where we get to improve the quality of life for the people that live in the communities where we work, live, and play. You know, all those things that really contribute to society. You know, that's the real answer. That's a special thing when our when ourselves and our employees can drive down through a school or a hospital and say, hey, uh, I built that. I was, uh, you know, that, that's really, really a, a, a purposeful and self-gratifying thing. But a couple of the really cool jobs are, I'll name two of them and then, then, then I'll stop, is one is in 2000, we built the bobsled and luge run in Lake Placid for the 2000 Goodwill Games. Wow. So the, the 1980 Olympic track was aged. And they wanted to host the Goodwill Games in Lake Placid. 
So we were actually the mechanical contractor. You would not be, you would absolutely be surprised at the amount of pipe that is, that are in the track tracks, refrigeration and ammonia piping in those tracks to get it to freeze. And uh, that was a really interesting, exciting job, fast track. I believe to date, we built a bobsled luge run, our construction team, um, faster than anybody in the world. And we got it done on time for the Goodwill Games. And uh, it, it was an amazing experience. The other job I want to talk about we just just recently finished was uh, the Albright Knox Art Gallery in Buffalo is a very well-known art gallery. And they actually shut it down for two years to put a major addition and renovation together. And we were the major mechanical on that. So the intricacies of, of trying to create the right environment so that we can preserve this priceless art for decades and decades in the future was also a, a very interesting and grand. It's one of those where you drive by and you point to that building. Um, yeah. it, our, our people are very proud to say they were part of it. That's really neat. And people probably don't realize museums are a big piece of the work because you're having to preserve. We had a the guy, the gentleman who runs the Museum of Nature and Science on our show here um, a little bit ago. And the intricacies and the mechanical systems and the dehumidifiers and yeah. everything that you have to put into a room to make sure that, you know, future generations are able to take advantage of that artwork is just amazing. So uh quick question. Were you guys in some way involved or a sponsor for Cool Runnings or did you make a bobsled team? <laughs> no, as close as we came to that was some of our uh some of our folks after the track was done were actually riding down the bobsled track on shovels, you know, riding them like broomsticks. Ah, they got awesome. a little trouble for that, so uh you might have to edit the, the, this part out of the uh podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thanks for letting me uh, uh, ask you some difficult questions there. So let's flip back to the national level. You get to see the work of a lot of local MCAA chapters as you progress as president and travel around uh, the country and, you know, kind of internationally. What kind of challenges are you hearing that our industry is facing as a whole as you visit these other chapters? You know, I think the, the biggest one right now is there is a very robust market for these huge technology-driven jobs, the data centers, uh, microchip manufacturing plants, the uh, electric vehicle plants, the battery plants. And these are huge, huge, you know, the term we've all been using is mega jobs. And our challenge as we go around the country here in Buffalo, as well as uh, other parts of the country, is how do we feed those jobs with labor while we also take care of those jobs that, I, that I'm so proud of, that Danforth's so proud of, that other contractors are so proud of in our communities, our schools, our hospitals. So we all know that we, we lose market share as an industry when we're busy, not when we're slow. Mm-hmm. So we got to find that right balance of taking care of our customers on these big jobs at the same time trying to, uh, you know, increase our market share on what I'll call our bread and butter jobs, the jobs we take care of in our communities every day. That's important. And we're seeing some of that pressure and stress here, kind of in the Rocky Mountain region with everything that's going on down in Arizona and about to kick off in Salt Lake uh, yeah. on Utah. So, so thanks for that perspective. So I know I've sat in meetings with you where you really talked about and championed the work being done 
uh, at, at the chapter level. And I know that you've gotten to see a bird's eye view into how many chapters operate and work. And, you know, without trying to uh, seem unfair, you know, like, what innovation are you seeing out there and what lessons learned or, you know, kind of approaches that we should be contemplating as we're considering as the chapter level uh, folks, you know, kind of where we're going and what's going on. You know, as you go around, you see the best in class MCA chapters and, and the Rocky Mountain chapter is absolutely at the top of that list. And the work you guys do here is is phenomenal. Um, and there's three common denominators of a best-in-class chapter that, that we're trying to elevate everybody to. And one is it starts with labor relations. Mm-hmm. The relationship that we have with our labor partners um, is so critical to the success of the industry um, and how we collectively take care of our customers. The owners are sophisticated. The owners, they can tell when labor and management is getting together and, and part of the solution, and they can also tell when labor and management may not be getting together and they may be more part of uh, not the solution. The other part to that is education and collaboration. I mean, the the best in class, you mentioned your college, and I know maybe we'll talk about it a little bit, but the education that our chapters provide to the members is, is not only locally critical, but also being the conduit from our national educational offerings and filtering that out to our members to make them aware of what what out there uh, as a member they they can receive for all aspects of their business. So the third thing would be a piggyback onto that would be just the importance of the local chapters utilizing the relationships. Real quick, we call it the 80-20 rule that 80% of our members only realize about 20% of the offerings the MCAA has for them. So I think from a, a, a local chapter perspective, best-in-class contracts, three things, um, the labor relations, the education, and the utilizing the resources. That's good feedback, and thank you for your kind words. It's definitely a team effort here. We have great employers, great labor partners, uh, and we have a mighty but small team here at the MCA trying to execute uh, the wishes and desires of everybody, and uh, it's it's great to be recognized. So thank you for that. So you've talked about labor relations. We we live and breathe that here. Uh, it's very paramount to everything that we do. We put the relationship above everything else. Conflict will happen in every business setting. Um, so we're very protective of that relationship. We've built a college because um, one of the things we learned early on was, you know, the college for all model is what students hear about and they don't hear about anything in the on the trade side and so we're working to kind of reverse that trend and we see a renaissance happening here uh at least in the Rocky Mountain region for the trades because people see the value of what we bring they also understand that our apprenticeship programs come with very little cost uh to them and it's really a joint collaboration between labor and management uh, to sponsor those programs. So, you know, kind of long-winded lead-in here, but what other best-of-class workforce programs or approaches have you seen? And, you know, what other challenges should we be thinking about? You know, the one thing that I've noticed recently that's been um, really exciting and encouraging is our efforts, our as an industry, both labor and management, really to make an impact on changing the culture in high schools and even younger folks to get that next generation excited about the trades, 
getting to those high school counselors and convincing them that college isn't the only path out there, that a career in the trades is very, very rewarding, both personally and professionally. So, um, in fact, there was one, I was just at the Great Futures Forum, which is our student chapters at our, at our yeah. collegiate level, and we handed out a book, uh, a, a kid's book, a little toddler's book, that talks about construction and the importance of it. And the challenge by Michelle Hoffman and the Career Development Committee with the MCAA was to have each student chapter at each university go to an elementary school and give a reading of the book to the kids. Mm. So that whole movement of trying to, you know, impact and infiltrate the younger generation so that the mindset is a little different when it comes time to decide what you want to do after high school. Now, oh, that's interesting. I can't wait to read the book. And uh, I know MCA will make that available to all of us. And uh, that's really a great effort because we're we're seeing at least boots on the ground here that, you know, talking to them in high school, it may be too late. And we've really got to think about you know, somewhere downstream or upstream or earlier on uh, as a way to to start to trickle in how um, what the earning potentials are here uh, within the trades and the demand uh, that we have for for good tradespeople. So, Dave, you may have uh, you may be aware, but there's a movement out there that was started by Angie Simon called the Heavy Metal Summer Experience, and it's a it's a camp in our shops. We hosted yep. one for the first time for, I'll call it age 16 to 19 year olds. And they came into our shops and, and our union leaders in our shops were the instructors. And they put on, a, I think it's a six or seven week program, a few days a week, right after the shift ends, they bring the kids in, they actually build little projects. And at the end of the, at, at the end of the camp, they have a graduation with a podium, uh, speakers, uh, Food, drinks, they bring their families, their parents, and it was just a huge success, not only for the students, but for our employees who actually really felt a high purpose for that. So I just wanted to throw that out there as another avenue to uh, infiltrate the uh, younger generation. Yeah, we're, we're doing something here with an organization called Junior Achievement. Uh, Junior Achievement touches about 125,000 uh, individuals a year uh, here in this state, and we're partnering with them to highlight what's possible in the career and in construction trades. Uh, and we have started getting into some of those junior high and, and earlier on high schools with kind of an education and awareness program on, with our contractors uh, con conducting those sessions and making sure that people see how things are built and how what's a project manager do and and how does a change order affect how you work and you know what's an owner wrap and all of those things so they have at least some visibility to you know what's possible so uh, we're very happy with that partnership with junior achievement Sounds great. Um, all right. So now we're going to switch a little bit. So knowing what you know about this industry, I can hear that you're going to say yes to recommending a career. But what surprised you most about opportunities that we have had over the years in our industry? Two things really pop out at me, Dave. One is, and I mentioned it before, but it and it should have been surprising because I've known, but as I've been able to travel around as as the president of the MCA is everywhere I go, every chapter, every conference, every city, 
the quality of the people in our association is amazing. The quality of the people in our industry on the labor side, the labor leaders, amazing people. Uh, I knew it was good, but I didn't know it was this good. And they're just quality human beings. And it's been it's been a privilege to go around and, and, and meet everybody. So the second thing is that as we do talk to the younger generation that we were talking about, Dave, yeah. is the lack of awareness of the opportunities in our industry. They all think it's about just grabbing a pipe wrench and installing a piece of pipe. And they're not aware of the technology side of the business or the management side of the business or all the different career paths that are available to them in the mechanical contracting industry. So that's that's a bridge we got to build to really make that connection. You're speaking to the choir and we're very much rowing in that same direction. Talking about national uh, MCAA, what should our listeners know about a new program or service uh, that maybe MCAA has put in place recently that you're most excited about for our industry? You know, when I first took over in March, uh, in February, I went down to the MCAA office and I'm I'm like, what's the job? What, what are we trying to accomplish here? I know we're not trying to change the world, but we're trying to be an ambassador and, and improve things a little bit. So we we took on three quick initiatives. One is member engagement, just trying to get our members engaged and get fresh ideas uh, new people involved to continue to really create that feeder system at our local and national committees up into the national leadership. The second one was the resources that we talked about was really about connecting the dots to our members, that 80-20 rule of making sure they were aware and take advantage of all the resources that we have um, as an association. And the third thing was the industry improvement side. And the most exciting things, there's there's three quick ones. We're doing some foreman training that are really going to be nuts and bolts training, foreman teaching foreman, really credible, credible sources, great content. We have a great contractor-led panel with partnership with the UA to really get out there and, and teach a best-in-class session on foreman training. It's going to be a remote thing, so it's more accessible to people. Very, very exciting stuff. The other one was... We're utilizing our great resources on our manufacturer supplier council uh, to put together an ESG platform or resource library. We're not trying to tell any of our member companies how to run their business, but if their companies are like ours, Dave, we're getting asked more and more to submit an ESG plan with our proposals. If they're like us, we really don't know what that means. So our manufacturers and supplier councils, this is their world, and they were eager to help by just putting together a resource library for our members. So if there was ever an interest or a need, they had a place to go. And the third one was this IPA study, this industry study on union construction versus non-union, which came out very favorable to the union construction. I'll just give one highlight of it. That's available to you, and you can send it out to to whoever is, has an interest in seeing it. But when we talk about our current marketplace for the contracting side, is right. certainty for the owners, right? I mentioned all those high-tech owners. They need to speed the market. They need to get their products out to the marketplace. So certainty is very important to them. And this study proved that union construction provides a lot more certainty than non-union through avoiding major cost overruns, through schedule slippages that are associated with uh, with labor shortages. So 40% less chance of a labor shortage when those construction users 
source their jobs with union union labor. So those are the three things that I would say that I'm excited about. Member engagement, the resource utilization, and those industry improvement initiatives that we have going on. Well, it's always fascinating. I always learn one new thing uh, when we have these conversations. And so thank you uh, for some takeaways there. I've learned four or five things just spending some time with you today. All right. So maybe another unfair question for you. I assume that as a elementary school student, Robert Beck didn't think he was going to be running John W. Danforth and be in the mechanical industry. What was your dream job when you were younger? I don't know if I'll ever grow up, number one. So I'm still trying to get to that point, Dave. You know me. You know me well enough. But I will tell you, uh, as every kid, the dream job was probably, uh, you know, a a major league baseball player hitting a home run in the World Series or a football player scoring in the Super Bowl. God, I pinch myself even today to really wake up and realize how fortunate I am to be, be in this industry to be involved with John W. Danforth Company, to be involved with MCAA, to be involved with people like you, Dave. It's just an amazing place to be, and I, I couldn't be more honored or humbled to be where I am today. So it's just, you know, my mother always said to me, um, Robert, you're not the smartest kid. You're not the tallest kid. You're not the most best-looking kid. So you better surround yourself with good people. And that's exactly what I've done is surrounded myself with the best people and uh, it's been it's been a great ride. Well, thank you for your time. You've been very generous this morning with me and I appreciate you coming on our show. Thank you for doing what you do for MCAA and traveling around and, you know, leaving your colleagues behind a little bit in Buffalo and in your family as you kind of help carry the flag for MCAA across this country. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude our show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Mr. Beck, for being here. Please stay tuned for more industry insights, news, and information about the women and men building our communities, building our skylines, and building our future. Tradeswork is a production of the Rocky Mountain Mechanical Contractors Association. For more information about our organization, please visit rmmca.org.